eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we're back on the Inside Black and Gold Saints Support Group podcast. Exactly. Let it all out. This is a safe space. Um, unless you're on Twitter, that is not a safe space. It's, it's a, just, they want to bury you on Twitter. The night is dark and full of possums. Um, <laughs> off track. Off target. We got this going. Anyway, this is the final segment of this podcast. We're going to do a short little segment on what went right, what what did work, Uh in the Saints' loss to the Falcons. He spent a lot of time complaining. So I do just I, – I know that people think, oh, you're just all sunshine and rainbows and blah, blah, blah. And Like, I just think that there's a point where you should – you can't be all negative all the time. It's unhealthy. And if that's <laughs> your goal in watching sports, then I don't know how to help you. And so I like to think that this podcast at least takes some time to to say, good job. To some people, um, and then we'll continue, and we'll talk about kind of you know the Saints do control their own destiny, but it's a narrow road, so we're gonna we're gonna get to that. But what did work? Not a lot. There wasn't a lot that went particularly well. But so first things first, Blake Groupie. You know, it's easy to forget. You flash back to Week Nine, coming out of that Bears game, and all the talk is cut Blake Groupie. He's not good enough. He's trash. Get him out of here. He made a mistake. Should have been Will Lutz. And, you know, like, he's he's a rookie. Uh, you know, it, it's I, – I get it. There's – you know, it's, it's a it's a production league. And, you know, but the team stuck with him. And, you know, he went to that game with a groin injury that cropped up late in the week. That was so odd. He, he was still full of practice, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, kickers, like – what does it take to be full of practice? Right, you went there and you. I, I know, but when you hear a groin with a kicker, I was like, "Oh shit, they're in trouble." 
Yeah, well, I mean, it was a concern, and the Falcons were in the same boat. You know, I was curious right. if, if that game came down to a long field goal for the Falcons. Was Young Kwe Koo capable of right. kicking a ball over 40 yards? I don't know if he was. Um, but Blake, you know, he went five for five. He hit one from 52. He hit one from mid-40s. He, he basically hit a kick from every possible distance. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that because I, I started him in fantasy. Uh, he got me 19 kicker points and he could have been 24. That last kick, I don't know if he, you know, I, I'd have to look and see maybe something went wrong in the operation. He clearly didn't get all of it. We know that he has the leg to get it from 54, but it just did not have the, it did not have the pop off the, off the foot that, you know, would indicate that he got a full connection. Um, and so it fell short, but you know, that, that was a, you weren't winning that. I mean, it prevented your 0.03% onside kick opportunity chances with like 28 seconds left to then try to get in the end zone. Like it was, it didn't cost you much, but I do think like five for five, starting that game five for five when the kicks actually mattered, which at that point I would argue that it didn't matter. It seemed like he also got onto the field. I think there was some confusion over whether you were going to kick it or not. I just think, you know, it's it's not a it's not a bright spot you want to talk about coming out of a game where you didn't score any touchdowns, but in a in the reality where you need you need your kicker to be efficient and consistent and reliable, I think he deserves a little bit of credit um, after yeah, he, a really rough few games. He was definitely in consideration for my post game game ball. You know, you can only give out one for the broadcast uh, in the post game show. I ended up giving it you know to. Um, uh, Matthew because of the two picks, but Groupie was right there. And obviously, yeah, you don't want to be gloating about five field goals, but shoot, without him making them, obviously you're, you're in way dire straits than uh, the uh, than not. But uh, I think, yeah, the, the best thing I'll take out of it is the fact you, you saw from the 30 range, 40, 50, you saw him be able to hit on all three levels, which is good and getting that confidence back. I think um, at, at least that's there. I, I, because you kind of worried that he was feeling a little shaky for a while. Yeah, I mean, people wanted him to get. They wanted <laughs> right, like, right Robbie is, is there, right? Like, go cut him and go sign. So, I mean, like you can say, well, yeah, those you should make your kicks, but at the end of the day, he gave you a chance, right? Like he kept you in the game. If he misses two or three of those kicks, you think we're not talking about like we need a new kicker? Of course you are. So. Just in the sense of like that is one positive thing that happened in this game. Good. Take like it, I'm right. just, just pointing. I'm just pointing to it. The other one you mentioned, another player that's on my list of stock up in terms of you needed someone to go out there and make big plays. You weren't stopping the run. The defensive line was not getting the job done. Someone had to go out there and make a play in a big moment. And Tyre Matthew, the first interception, it was kind of gift wrapped. I think it was a mistake. Desmond Ritter and the receivers were on the same page, and he just. Oh, he airballed or he airmailed it and it kind of just caught Tyron. But you know, you can say, yeah, it's just a gift wrapped interception, but you see gift wrapped interceptions dropped all the time. So making a play on the ball, catching it, you know, making sure that you, you secure the ball. And, you know, like think about the uh, interception that Marshawn Lattimore had against the Bears that, you know, got turned over because he put the ball on the ground. Like these guys are defensive backs for a reason. So you give him credit there. The second one, you know, I was I had a really good look at it. He was a blanket in coverage, and he said after the game, he was like, "I was surprised that he even threw it because I was in perfect coverage." And he was like, "Thank you for throwing it." Um, 
<laughs> and you know it's funny because I, I was watching it and i was like wow i can't believe he's throwing it there and it was only a question of whether tyron would win the battle for the ball or if it would get knocked down right and he did and he made a play when they desperately needed that play and it set up what should have been a go-ahead drive um and so yeah like tyron he's not the 2017 tyron he's not this mvp caliber safety like he's not Troy Pol- primed Troy Polamalu, but he is a player in the secondary that is always in the right spot, has a nose for the ball, and makes big plays. And so, you know, if you're trying to turn this season around, you're going to need more plays like that. And so, I thought he he was a bright spot too. Yeah, a- absolutely. Um, and yeah, it's just unfortunate when you see a performance like that get wasted, kind of thing. But he literally he tried his damnedest to get this team back in it. I still think Marcus May is an issue. Um, like I, you know, you saw a little bit more Jordan Howden. I think they were pl- yeah. they're playing a little dime at the end. It, it, I think that I would like to see the Saints phase more Jordan Howden reps into the equation. However, you do that, and, and you know, he's a rookie. He's going to make mistakes. I just think athletically, I don't, I don't know if Marcus May ever got fully back from that calf, that that you know Achilles injury or whatever he right, was that dealing with. That could still with. be hindering him, right? I just don't – I mean, I just – you watch it athletically, I just don't see him able to cover in ways that you need him to. And, you know, it wasn't his fault. You know, we, we talked about pressure and adding more pressure, and that's used, that touchdown to B. John Robinson. You know, when you send pressure, you isolate linebackers in coverage. You isolate safeties in coverage. And DeMario was in coverage. You know, you, you get B. John Robinson on a wheel route with DeMario Davis chasing him, and it's no disrespect for DeMario. Right. He's not, he's not winning that. You know, maybe yeah, it, it, he's not going to lose every time, but that's a big advantage for the Falcons when you can isolate that matchup. And it was a great throw. It was Ritter's best it throw. It really of the day. was. It's, it sucked to be like, damn, that was good. It was. It was really good. It was so casual. He put it right in the perfect spot. Like throwing to running backs isn't, you know, it's it, one of the reasons is you don't see that many downfield throws to running backs is because they're not receivers. <laughs> they're not wide receivers. So you got to put it in the right spot. Um, if you want to expect him to come down with it. And the Desmond did, he, he threw that ball on a dime. Uh, yeah, so, B- Bijan, unfortunately, looks like he's going to be a problem in the, uh, for us in the coming years. He's really freaking good. Right. He reminds me of Saquon, right? He, he's that same yes. type of player yes. where you can bottle him up uh, all day long and it just takes one. And I was honestly surprised that, they, that he didn't break one because he was close a couple times and they were able to just get him down Kind of with a with a with a last second like trip up and you know he's 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 that t- you know it's funny like the only thing that the only negative I'll give for Bijan is the fact that he's on the Falcons because teams like the Falcons they need players like they plural like they need defensive linemen they need offensive linemen they need they don't need another playmaker like you're already running Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson and Desmond Ritter like you don't necessarily need that just like the Giants didn't need Saquon with over the hill Eli Manning they needed an offensive line uh yeah and and maybe a quarterback right well uh, a good thing too from i guess you would say uh Falcons winning it might might give uh, Arthur Smith a little more time yeah. You know, I, I was funny. I heard Bo Morgan on the broadcast before the yeah, game. Yeah, I was like, wow, he's double dipping. Yeah, And no. I didn't know his, his nickname was Squid Billy. That That's Bobby Twitter handle. That's his Twitter handle. <laughs> yeah, and I heard Bobby mention that like seven times. Yeah. He kept saying it. He was like, hey, Squid. Uh, 
<laughs> anyway, um, you know, one other one other thing, uh, a couple others, and we'll get to them quick. We already talked a lot about Alvin Kamara. He had a great game. Yeah. Um, you know, like if this game goes a different way and the Saints find a way to pull it out, we're probably sitting here talking about that was one of Alvin's best games in in a couple seasons, right? I think he had 119 total yards. He had 50 receiving yards on his four catches. Some screens worked. He made Caden Ellis look real bad in coverage a couple times. And, you know, it's it's just that's why, you know, you're talking about Alvin. You're like, why is he frustrated? Well, when you have a game like that and you have an all-around game when you impact the game like that, Right, you're like, what else can I do? Right, exactly, and and uh, that's frustrating for him. But he had a very good game. You know, a couple other guys, Lynn Bowden, right, like a guy kind of thrown into the action. He's your he's your returner. You know, it's one of the reasons I, you know, it's funny because I projected him to be on the initial 53 man roster, and when they cut him, I was like, oh, maybe I was off. Maybe I kind of read that incorrectly. But they brought him back real quick, right? Like they like him. Uh, and they like what he's able to do. And part of the reason I want, I thought they probably want to keep him around is because of that return ability. He's going to be your backup pump returner. I don't know about kick returner. I think they had Taysom in there, but you know, that's, that's something he had a couple really nice runs. He, he does things and he's going to be a guy who you can use to fill some of the Rashid Shahid plays in the playbook, right? Like not necessarily downfield because you know, it's, I hate to say it, but his hands are basically bricks. Uh, you know, it's, He's not the hands are not good, but he's athletic. He's able to do things. He's able to, he might throw pass, right? He can throw. Uh, He was a quarterback um, at one point in college, I think at Kentucky. And so, yeah, it's uh, good for him. Juwan Johnson, I thought had a a decent game. The offensive line, I thought blocked pretty well. Yeah. uh, Was hoping to see Juwan get a little more involved, but yeah, it it was. um, Well, now, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I feel I, I've been waiting to see more and more from him, obviously. But I think you could say a lot of that for a lot of folks on the uh, the offense. Like this week, obviously, I'm sure Jamal Williams, you know, revenge week, we'll be talking. That's <laughs> true. Sure, I forgot about that. You know, it's funny, Jawan, his t- the timing of his concussion check is very frustrating because, like, you wanted him on the field. Like once Chris Olave went out, like your options are limited. And Jawan didn't have a concussion, but missed several key snaps as he was getting evaluated. And he ended up having to go back in the locker room. He came back, but yeah, you didn't have him during some key moments there. But yeah, uh, I think that's that's about it for me. You know, the 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 one other thing we can mention, I thought the out the, the corners played reasonably well. I think we might've talked about that already. You know, Ike Adam, Paulson Adebo, those are going to be your corners for the next few weeks. Um, so <laughs> yeah, you better get used to it. Uh, yeah, because uh, the, the Lattimore going to IR kind of snuck on there on Saturday, right before the game. Yeah. And I, and I don't think that's particularly a surprise, right? DA, if they had, they had not right. ruled that out as of Wednesday and that's, you know, the, it was pretty clear that they were still evaluating and, you know, the, the deadline to get him on IR and still be eligible to come back week 16, which four weeks away is week 16, that was Saturday. And so they had to make that decision. So he's not coming back till week 16 at the earliest. Cam Dantzler was signed to the to the active roster. So he is out there. He was wearing a Marshawn Lattimore T-shirt in warm-ups. But yeah, it's, uh, there's going to be a lot to talk about with the Lions. Um, going to be a lot to talk about with Dan Campbell coming back to town. Aaron Glenn, another another def- the second defensive coordinator in a row that is a former Saints assistant um, and definitely knows 
the team he's going to be going against pretty well, although he's at least a couple more years removed. Um, hey, I'm trying to think, too, player-wise, do they have anybody else besides Anzalone? I, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head. Well, they have CJ, but I don't think he's on IR. Right, right. Oh, man, thank God we're not seeing CJ. Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, that's right. He's a backup. Teddy time. Teddy two gloves. I'm sure Chase, I'm sure Sam Laporto will have a Ugh. massive game, but he is not a former Saint. Gotta watch out for Jamar Gibbs, obviously, too. <laughs> they have Julian Aquara and Romeo Aquara. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. So just Anzalone and then Teddy. That's gonna be okay. the guys. They, they have just as many assistant coaches as they have former Saints players. Which is surprising. You'd think they would have a couple, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, Aaron Glenn's, I know, someone that will get uh, head coaching calls or at least interviews for, you know, for uh, plenty of open jobs that are coming. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It has been. Yeah. So let's just close this out as just because we promised. So the Saints do control their own destiny. I had a few people tell me that they don't um, because if the Falcons and Saints both went out, <laughs> Saints that that the Falcons would have a better record than the Saints. Well, that would be true if that was possible. It's true. They would win the tiebreaker. The problem is the Saints and Falcons can't both win out. And so you're talking, you know, like the difference comes in the margin, right? Like if you had won that game, you've been two games up. And so you could afford to lose this game to the Lions, for for, for example, because right. you're not going to be you're going the Lions are going to be favored. This is going to be well, I think the Saints actually do match up here much better than than people are going to give them credit for. This is going to be a very difficult game to win. And in order to say you control your own destiny now, that's the difference. To say you control your own destiny now, you have to beat the Lions. If you had beaten the Falcons, you could say we control our own destiny and we have baked in some wiggle room of we could afford to lose this game. And uh, now you cannot say that. But once you get past this game, you end up with, Detroit, I'm sorry, you end up with Carolina who just fired their head coach. Maybe they get better. Probably not. You're probably going to. This is the stretch now. Bam, bam, bam. Three three straight at home for crying out loud. Three straight at home, right? So you get Carolina at home. Then you get the Giants at home, which. Danny DeVito. The Danny DeVito show. I'm glad we got Bobby saying Danny DeVito now too. Um, Did he come up with that on his own or did you tell him? The, the no, I, I didn't tell him. So yeah, he yeah. he just came up with Danny <laughs> DeVito. Danny and Bobby are on the same yeah, wavelength. Go, same yeah. wavelength. Well, because Tommy DeVito, it's funny because Tommy DeVito is the the guy from uh, Goodfellas. Oh, okay, that's Joe right. Pesci's Joe Pesci's character. character. Yeah. yeah. So you think like, I'm funny that's, like that's, a clown. Yeah. Right. 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 But uh, I but I think Danny DeVito is way funnier than uh, than any Goodfellas references. Um, well, they they just won an ugly ass game, and I could expect that kind of matchup against the freaking Saints. They've won two games in a row, you know? And so one thing, you know, you look at these games at the end of the year and you say, well, some of these teams are going to be tanking, right? Some of these teams are going to be like, we're fucked. <laughs> like we're, we're, we're done. We're dead in the water. We're going to go to backups. We're not, you know, you're not going to see guys playing hard. The Giants are still playing hard. So that's not going to be a walkover game. Now, 
and 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 neither will Carolina because Carolina has no has no reason to tank because they don't have a first round pick. <laughs> oh, that's so, so sad. Like, like if Carolina had their first round pick and they were <laughs> on track to be the number one pick in the draft, then yeah, you probably would see them tank. But there's no there's no reason to now. So no, there's players and coaches fighting for jobs. Yeah, you're going to at least get a representative effort out of them. And it's a divisional game. They're going to fight hard. So those games won't be walkovers. But then Rams, who knows? Playing hell of a lot better. By that point. Bucks, I think it's possible you see Kyle Trask in that game. I, I think I think Baker's dealing with an injury. So we'll see. I know see. he got hurt and came back last game. Yes, yeah, he did. Uh, and either way, you're talking week 17 for a team that Feels like they're headed in the very opposite direction of of where, where they started. Maybe, you know, the Saints and Falcons are trying to go right. Like, I think you might see the team that does own its first round pick <laughs> and feels like it's in the running for one of these top quarterbacks, right? Yeah, you might see them do what you kind of expected all season, which is just phone it in. But uh, and then so you have Atlanta after that. Now, if you want to look on the other side and see Atlanta's schedule. Well, the only team with an easier schedule than the Saints is the Falcons. And part of that's because the Falcons play the Saints twice. So, you know, their schedule is just as easy, right? So you're talking Jets, Bucks, then Panthers. Now they have the Colts in Atlanta. That's going to be a game where you at least look at it and say, okay, that the Bucks or the Colts are a good offense. Right. They the might probably is at least going to give up a fight. Right. Whereas like the Jets with Tim Boyle. <laughs> you know, um, I don't know how the freaking Jets beat the Eagles this year because weird stuff happens, right? Exactly. Right, you look at the, the Eagles, NFL, what, eight and one, nine and one. What are the Eagles, nine and ten and one? Yeah, ten and one. They're ten and one, and their only loss is to the Zach Wilson Jets, Jets. right? What uh, makes no sense No. And so, like, like both of these teams are probably feel like we need to win the next five games. So we can get to that week 18 matchup. And what this loss for the Saints did is it means, you know, you probably lose that tiebreaker if you do end with the same record. And you obviously could end with the same record if, for example, the Saints go out and lose to the Lions and then win their next four and the Falcons win their next five games. And then I think you would get into that game and it would come down to division record and if that's the case the falcons would win that tiebreaker and so right. you really like that the the biggest difference is it's not necessarily that the saints don't control their own destiny it just means that they have no wiggle room left in order to say they control their own destiny they have to win this week otherwise you will need at least one loss from the falcons and that's not where you want to be it's not where you should be it's not where you thought you would be but that's where you are and, you know, this this team is going to say, hey, we can go out and win our final six games and get to the postseason, but you got to go do it. And, uh, you know, it's I, I don't I have not seen anything over the last month that would lead me to believe this team is on the verge of making a run. And uh, yeah, but if for the purposes of saying the Saints still control what they can control. You know, and it's not you're going to win out and still miss the playoffs. Like, if you win out, you make the playoffs. That's 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 where you're at. Yeah, and I know a lot of folks probably want to know, why aren't we talking about, you know, the firing of anybody? I think we've talked about it enough, honestly. It's like we we already feel like 
this organization is not going to make any season in-season changes. Nothing so drastic. It would have to be, I guess, the Saints drop on I don't know how many more in a row that you would make. You would think some kind of drastic move would come. Yeah, I mean, if you if you get eliminated from the playoffs, then then sure, like you you might see something. You might see some moves, but again, like this late in the season you're not making any tangible changes that are going to really affect anything in a positive way. No, it's right? like that's, that to me is the question too. When people say, why don't you fire Dennis Allen? It's like, all right, who's taking over for him then? Who's the interim even? Right, right. It's probably Pete. <laughs> <laughs> there is no way in hell it's going to be Pete. Maybe Joe Woods. Uh, I don't know. Um, I was thinking maybe Marone just because he's been there before. It probably would be Marone. I don't know, but I don't know, Marone. right? And that wouldn't be better. Uh, you know, it, it's, yeah. And so, like, you're looking at it and saying, okay, what can you do the rest of the way? If you go out and you lose your next three games and, you know, it's it's funny because it's like, I just I just don't think, like, even if you do plan to fire people in the offseason, it does not benefit you to do it early unless you have to. Because here's the thing, you 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 get rid of the coach and you get rid of that support system and, who knows what happens? Like you don't like like you're talking about a very combustible room of people that you need to at least be pulling in the same direction for the final few games, regardless of whether you're in contention or not. Like you need you need a, a guy who's going to lead the team and go out there and get the job done, and you remove that, and that 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 throws a whole lot of variables into the equation. You got young players like you look at the stuff like like Chris Olave getting arrested for speeding, like. You know, just these are young guys. These are these are players that you need to keep, you know, at least pointed in the right direction. You know, and and to this point, I think you've seen DA be effective in that, right? Like you haven't seen any, you know, blow ups or anything like that. Like the closest thing has been Alvin kind of speaking his mind, and you know, that's just Alvin. Uh, he would have done that whether Sean was here or not. Um, so, uh, I mean, I guess you could, I don't know if you count like cars, temper tantrum. Yeah. But, but you know, it, car is funny because car has been kind of subdued. It's very clear that he's made a, a decision to, to be a positive influence. He said that. And, yeah. and it's like, it, it is funny because you did have that stretch. You remember we were talking about how he was blowing up on Chris and, and Pete on the sideline. He hasn't really done that. But we haven't seen the offense improve, be good since then. So maybe maybe it's time for him to get mad again. I don't know. Um, but yeah, like I, someone's got to get angry, right? Damn. Yeah, like, like we were talking about coming in. Like you fire Frank Reich. I imagine you know we're gonna we're gonna learn more about this firing in the coming days. And I guarantee you that the whole CJ Stroud Bryce Young thing drove a wedge between he and David Pe- Tepper. And massive, when, absolutely. When when that working relationship becomes untenable. You don't fire the owner, you fire the coach. And <laughs> I don't think that Gail and, and DA are having any issues. I don't think Mickey and DA are having any issues. The issues are the production. And you're going to get to the end of the season, you're going to make that decision. Um, I would love for it to be a playoff run. I would love for it to be a playoff run. Like, I'm not ever going to be one of those people who is rooting for a team to lose. To just so people get fired, you know, I would always, I'm always going to land on the, on the rosy side of that picture in, you know, a turnaround where everything starts going great and they get on a run and they, and they make it to the playoffs and they, you know, even if they lose, like, I'm never going to root against that. 
I'm just, that's just not me. That's not how I choose to go about my fanhood and my football viewing. And part of it's because I I grew up watching giants and I've watched that happen. And I can, I know how that can turn out when it does happen. Um, But I'm not telling you that's likely. So we're not, you know, uh, jinxing for Jaden or anything. We're not tanking for Jaden. Jinxing for Jaden. That's <laughs> yeah, that didn't really work. It just yeah. Uh, I think we got we got to go back to the drawing board on that. Yeah, exactly. Jonesing uh, for Jaden. Yeah, <laughs> better than jinxing at the very least. You know, um, he, gets, he gets the uh, uh, red shirt year under Derek Carr to learn, and then bam, there you go. Solution. Well, so that that is one thing, and we can talk about that. So you talk about changes. You talk about you know when I say one and done in terms of the project with Derek Carr. Um, you look at it and you say, well, what does that mean? How, how do you get out from under Derek Carr? And, and to me, you know, I don't think you're going to find a trade partner for him. I, you know, maybe if you do, but you're still paying, like you're, you're not, you're not really saving money in that front. And I think you're probably going to move on. Like, I don't think you're bringing Jameis back next year. And so what, to me, what a one and done could look like is, you, if you do move on from at the very least Pete Carmichael and you install a new offensive scheme, right? You, you bring in a young, you know, a, a Joe Brady, right? You bring in somebody who, you know, you expect to revamp this offensive system and you say, okay, Derek, you got one year. Let's see what you can do. But you also go out and you draft whoever that offensive coordinator, you draft their quarterback. You draft the guy that they love, that they want to work with in the long run. And so you still have Derek Carr. It kind of you look at the Titans, right? You look at how they operated this year under Ryan Tannehill and and then you know they turned to Will Levis and he looks really good and they're going to keep going with him. But it was never a planned thing of oh we're going to draft Will Levis and he's going to take over for Ryan. It was, you know, we're going to see what happens with Ryan and go from there. Right. And to me, that's how you kind of approach it. If you do you know, if you if your offense does not turn a corner and you kind of see the writing on the wall and and you make some change, whether it's DA or whether it's just the offense, I think that's one way you can handle it in terms of splitting the difference of you owe Derek Carr this money and you do need a starting quarterback. You're not going to have a top five pick where you can go get a Caleb Williams and say that's our week one starter. And frankly, I I've, I've said this before, I don't think starting a rookie week one is the answer. So you can maybe, you know, who falls to... 16, 18, right? Like who is that end of first round guy where you're looking at a Kenny Pickett, right? Or, or who, whoever it is, right? Can you can you find a guy and develop him and then maybe week 12 if things don't work out with the offense as a whole and you start the new you start the clock, right? You start the clock fresh with a young guy. To me that's a that is a that is a palatable kind of solution to the Derek Carr question. Now, if Derek comes out the last five games and blows up and suddenly like, man, <laughs> great. You know, no one would be happier in terms of I would just love to watch fun football games. That's all right. I want. I just want to have a good time watching football games. And right now I'm not. At, no, at this all. offense is not making it fun at all again. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> right. Make football fun again. Right. Um, <laughs> yes. Anyway, that's 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 where I'm at. And so this has been a very a 90 minute uh, I feel like we have too many of these therapy sessions. <laughs> That's the Saints' fault. That's why we're all in therapy. Yes. Inside <laughs> Black and Gold, the podcast you go to to cry. Um, Let it out. Angry, angry cries, angry tears. But all right. 
That's going to wrap up this episode. We'll be back on Wednesday, injury report edition, like we do with the road weeks, but we're going to get home games. So we'll be able to at least get into a more reasonable post-game edition schedule, um, which feels like we've had no home games this year because one of them was a Thursday and one of them was week. Well, it feels like me personally, I didn't get to go to week one. So... (laughs) And then, I mean, and just in general, I don't know what it is. These these weeks, I mean, Minnesota following the bye week, that, that seems like eons ago already. It does. <laughs> it does. And every day, every day is a new challenge to to, to not be depressed. I'm going um, to try and stay positive. Like I said, my big one right now is please, Chris Olave, get through that concussion protocol and be able to play this week because we definitely need it. Yes, I agree. Anyway. This is Inside Black Gold. Thanks, everyone who listened. Thanks, everyone who subscribes. If you haven't subscribed, go subscribe. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Do your thing. Thanks, everyone, for listening all the way to the end. I'm, I'm amazed that you got here, but we did it together. We will talk later in the week. Who that? I know that was a bad who that. I kind of said who that. Who that? Go Saints. It's kind of your moment. This is, I always leave that space for you to shine. Ah, who that? <laughs> All right. Be easy, y'all. Peace.